Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and you're on Dirt Radio with Sam. I'm flying solo today. Colin is still recovering from an injury and John is off doing other stuff for the environment today. So today's show we're going to talk about the US-Australian war games that are taking place up near uh, Rockhampton in Queensland. Uh, There's a beautiful uh, national park out there that also happens to have a military base on it out at Shoalwater Bay. And there's a peace convergence going on which happens every two years when the US military come to town. So around 30,000 US troops have headed into Australia and are making their way up to Shoalwater Bay, along with a heap of Australian troops. And I do believe this time maybe even Singapore might be participating in the so-called war games. These are rehearsals for war. They are to test the interoperability of Australian equipment with US equipment. And right now I do believe there is a massive US nuclear-fueled ship off the coast. Since when did we let nukes into our waters? Uh, You know, our small friends in New Zealand have managed to keep them out and we keep welcoming in without so much as either a consideration for the population's position on nuclear warheads, which I assume most people in Australia are probably opposed to since they bring great threat and insecurity. Today we'll be looking at the ways in which these war games impact the environment and also lead to more insecurity and less peace. Shoalwater Bay is a very precious environmental area and last time that we had uh, these war games on, the Talisman Sabre Games, uh, Friends of the Earth up in Brisbane put out a report about the damage that was being done to the environment. Of course, the government... And politicians tried to deny that. And then just to prove Friends of the Earth correct, the US military managed to drop four bombs on the Great Barrier Reef. Many threats to the reef coming from mining industry but also from military war games. We also should remember that the US military with nearly a 1,000 bases around the world is one of the biggest consumers of fossil fuel. Uh, They really are uh, leading the way in terms of locking us into climate change. And, of course, the people making the most money out of this are, in fact, the miners and the weapons manufacturers who are using a whole heap of material dug up in Australia to fuel resource wars in other countries. This is perhaps the irony that many of the wars going on, especially the two illegal wars around Iraq and Afghanistan at the moment, are designed to capture other resources so they can continue to fight using fossil fuels. It's a circular logic and it leads to mass insecurity, refugees and, of course, climate uh, destruction, environmental destruction. Today we're going to be talking to two people that are heading up 
to the peace convergence in Rockhampton. One of them is already there and the other one is apparently on the road. So we're going to talk to Greg Rolls first, long-time anti-war peace activist and peace pilgrim. Hello, Greg, are you there? Yeah, g'day, Sam. How are you going? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So you're up in uh, Rocky at the moment preparing for the peace convergence around the Talisman Sabre Games. Uh, last time the US was in town up that way, you and Graham Dunstan uh, walked on to the uh, war game zone and uh, ended up arrested for your efforts. Uh, can you tell us what's going on up there at the moment and what are you preparing to do? Uh, well, at the moment, we're seeing a large military build-up. The media is reporting that exercises have already started just with Australian forces on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have... Uh, but there's a build-up happening to the US arriving next week. And they're expecting about 30,000 US troops... 30,000 Australians, sorry, and US troops will be in the Shoalwater Bay military training area uh, pretending to invade a country that needs, quote-unquote, humanitarian intervention. And so when they undertake this training, they they conduct wide-firing exercises. So the idea is that um, some of us are going to try and uh, get onto the Shoalwater Bay military training area. We get some evidence that we're on there and say, there are civilian processes on, you need to stop the exercises. And the idea behind this is is that the the whole point of the exercises is to incorporate Australian taxpayer-funded military assets into the US war machine to be used for the next round of invasions, the next round of uh, resource war. And so we're just trying to slow that down as best we can, just just trying to take responsibility as Australian citizens. The resistance to the Talisman Sabre has been going on for quite a while. Uh, Is this about the uh, fourth or fifth peace convergence? I think it goes back to 2007 or or six or something. 2005. This is is the 10-year anniversary. Right. So the resistance has been going on for a while. Um, do, you, do you think that you guys are making any headway in terms of uh, drawing attention to the ridiculousness of these war rehearsals? You know, I know a lot of the, the local people around that area say that it's great for the economy. Uh, in what ways do you think that this is perhaps a, a bit of a red herring? Well, it's, it's funny. I've been, I've been you know, up here for a couple of weeks now and been doing my best to get in the media and pay attention to the media. And the only people I see bogging the idea that the military is good is the mayor and the uh, federal member, a liberal member, Capricornic and Michelle Landry. And they're the only two I see in the media saying that this would be good for Rockhampton. At the same time, every time you pick up the paper, you, there's, every day there's um, a struggle with homelessness up here, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous. There's uh, childcare being closed down, health services are struggling. There's all these local struggles, but it's easy for me to point point out in the media why are we spending so much on the military when the social fabric of Rockhampton is being torn out, mm. and um, and we um, so we um, yeah sorry I just wanted to clear my name <laughs> so uh, so it's quite easy to point that out to people um, uh, at the same time making headway normally when we when we put something in the media we get about twenty or thirty hate mail responses from comments and one of my local friends up here. That you're not you're not getting that this time. There's one or two maybe, but then you also get someone in support of you. So there's definitely a mood shift up here. I think people are aware. You know, we've been in, we've been in continuous war since at least 2001, and mm. I think people are aware that you know the terrorism threats only increased. We spent tens of billions of dollars on this. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands have died in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. 
And, you know, the terrorism threat is the so-called terrorism threat bigger than ever. Mm. So I think people are clued on and getting a bit sick of, uh, sick of the government rhetoric. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really interesting, Greg, that, you know, that this is designed to really enable us to support the U.S., in their um, so-called humanitarian intervention uh, wars, if that's what if that's what they're going to call them, uh, that's how they frame it. Yeah. And and part of that inter- interoperability, that the word they like, the catchphrase they like to use, is uh, also what led us into uh, purchasing the Lemon aircraft, the F thirty five, which you know from all uh, reports can't even fly. Uh, so in some respects, it feels like Australia is really being integrated into the US military and without, uh, you know, a lot of consideration for our own independence in our foreign policy. I saw recently only, um, I think it was last Wednesday, uh, the G7 that was meeting came out and said, climate change must be the priority of all leading countries' uh, foreign policy. Now, what yeah. we... Yeah, I was just going to say that that is the greatest security threat. But the only the only time you'll hear the Australian government or the Australian media talking about it is how defence needs to adapt to that, not to slow down wars and to slow, slow down. You know, I heard you say earlier that the US is one of the biggest fossil fuel consumers. My understanding it is the largest fossil fuel consumer, but not mm. to slow that down to try and mitigate climate change. But how do we adapt to food shortages that are going to happen, energy shortages that are going to happen, and uh, you know the 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 poo's about to hit the fan and um, and all the all the government can say is our military needs to be ready to you know to sort of catch some of the splatter rather than how can we stop that from hitting the fan? Mm. Just so short sighted. Um, the other thing there you, you mentioned that the US that Australia is, is integrated in the US military. We're, we're a long way there already. Australia buys ten percent of US exports, uh, US military exports, which is you know a two trillion dollar industry for the US, and we buy ten percent of those. We're the sixth largest buyer of the US defence export. So we're already there. There's lots of money at stake for large companies like Lockheed Martin, who gave us the Lemon F-35. Uh, and it goes even deeper than that. Um, one of the things that's happening up here that's interesting to me is uh, it's the first time that drones are going to be flying in civilian airspace. Australia's going to be flying drones in civilian Australian airspace. Now, these are two drones built by an Israeli company um, that's actually wholly owned. It's not Elbert. It's uh, Israeli Aerospace Engineering, I think. It's wholly mm-hmm. owned by the Israeli government. Mm-hmm. So in leasing out these drones in preparation for Australia to buy weaponised drones, which have killed so many civilians, about 3,000 since 2004, um, we are, we're, we're also funding the oppression of Palestinian people and just fueling the cycle of violence in the region that is already so chaotic. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary that we're leasing drones that belong to Israel, who is also yeah committing a, a huge amount of crimes against humanity in Palestine, mm. uh, and and we're doing all of this without permission uh, from the citizenry of Australia. And I was also saying earlier, Greg, that there's a a massive big ass ship off off the the coast that belongs to the US mm. that is definitely fueled um, by by nuclear power, but may also uh, have nuclear weapons on it, which, you know, they won't confirm or, or, or deny. Yeah, they don't uh, need to tell us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to tell us. We're nothing but a military outpost. Uh, oh, or the auxiliary, yeah. The auxiliary, yes. Yeah. I, you know, which I find quite extraordinary uh, that, that they're allowed to just cruise through inter- uh, through Australian waters and, you know, it made me, of course... Well, uh, what's extraordinary, Sam, is that you're the only... You're the only person that you have to question it. If you if you turn on the mainstream media on the TV, or the or, it, or the um, the Herald Sun up here, which is the only um, Queensland paper because they don't have the Fairfax equivalent, 
The only way it was sold was a woman dressed in uh, in a sailor suit saying "Hello, sailor!" getting ready to pass and dash. Oh dear, pass. That was it. Pas- that was it. Pass and yeah. dash. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Not <laughs> that the- was the only recording of this large nuclear-powered ship in our waters was about how some people were going to get laid in Brisbane. That was it. That was the only criticism from our media, or the only critical inquiry. Yeah. So you're it, Sam. Well done. Thank, thanks, mate. That's um, you know the voice of independent radio working for you right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no mainstream views here. Uh, yeah, look, I, I find it really extraordinary that no one is concerned about this. That we just accept this alliance. We accept the fact that we are, uh, you know, the sheriff of the Asia Pacific. Of course, this all ties into Australia, uh, Australia America's uh, cooperation over America's Asian pivot. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it just seems absolutely ridiculous uh, that that we just go along with these things without questioning them. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, this is the, the kind of choices that are being made here are completely removed from any democratic process. And I know a lot of people for many years have been talking about the fact that we need an independent foreign policy and we don't seem to have that. Mm. Uh, so I guess the question is, um, you know, how do, how do you fight back against this machinery uh, besides direct action, how do you get the local community uh, to understand that they're actually hosting in their region uh, rehearsals for for the death and maiming of 90% civilian casualties that we have in modern warfare? Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying earlier that you're not getting as much backlash, but is the community actually ready to engage on on perhaps saying we don't want this in our area anymore? I mean, anyone who's been up there knows how beautiful uh, the, the the environment is up there and surely this is just completely damaging, dropping loads of live ammunition uh, across that whole area. Do the locals have any it's sense of the damage? The thing I've got to mention as well is I've been in touch with um, some Durrambul elders up here. The, the Shellwater Bay military training area is on Durrambul land and they were never given permission to use it as a military training area. Uh, they've got some land claims going through and they're, they're, you know the government's talking to them. Hopefully they'll get some of that back over the next few years. Mm. Uh, but the thing, the thing that you mentioned there is it's beautiful. And one of the things that you notice about Rockhampton is that it is struggling economically. Um, they're always talking about a lack of jobs, mm-hmm. something like 25% youth unemployment. And so the military or the idea of increased military is sold, especially by the mayor or politicians, as, look, we're trying to do something about it. We're trying to get this in. But even the IMF now is saying the trickle-down theory doesn't work. So so what if you bring $5 million a year of extra spending into the economy? It doesn't actually mean it's going to help people. Mm. need to invest in social infrastructure and social fabric, even if you want the economic growth that, that, they, that they always go on about. So you've got to remember that you're in an area that's extremely poor. People are struggling and feel like they're kind of left out of the national narrative. And here are these large international war exercises happening. So people feel, you know, a sense of inclusion or a sense that there's going to be economic benefits out of this. Even if for the 80% of the ordinary Australians here, it's, nothing changes. So, I, so what I've been trying to do in the local media and in talking around um, in local meetings is, and I've and I've got I wouldn't say I've gotten support of people saying, oh, that's great. Like, there's a few people who are politically aligned to us who have always supported us. But generally speaking, you know, I I, I mentioned the area. Like, if that if that Shellwater Bay military training area was handed back to the Darumble people today, um, that's going to be a great reserve for ecotourism in the future mm. as we continue to strip our planet. If we can look after that land and the Darumble people can go back up there and. Um, uh, you know, they've mentioned to me they've lost a lot of the stories because of the genocide that occurred on there with, with frontier wars and settlement. Yeah. A lot of their stories and ways have been lost and they want to get up on that land and learn it again. 
So, I mean, imagine like what that would, that could be for ecotourism if this was a Durrumbull area that people would come up and, and visit and see traditional way of, ways of life and see the beautiful forest, as you said. And I think that's more of an investment for this region than the military. Mm. Um, no one can tell me. Like, I, I, I've been writing letters every day saying, please outline how many jobs this will bring, please outline how this will help people, how this will challenge, you know, how this will help address your homelessness. And I never get a response except for occasionally an insult from, from some some um, punter who writes into calls or scumbags against everything. No one can engage in any logical argument with me. It's really interesting. Well, um, this is this but, is the uh, propaganda that you know that comes with the war yeah. machinery, though. Isn't I'm un-Australian. Yeah. <laughs> You're not on Team Australia, mate. Not on Team Australia. If you want to make if you want to make Australia hashtag safer Australia, you've got to get on hashtag Team Australia, mate. And I, right, I hope you are carrying at least 10 or more flags with you, Greg, when you walk at on. At all times. At all times, mate. Or you can, <laughs> you're going to be stripped of your citizenship. <laughs> yeah, it's a worry. It's a worry. It's a real worry that these, uh, these guys are in charge and these guys are making decisions about how we go well, to war. It, the propaganda. I mean, the, uh, some terrorist attacks happened over the weekend and Tony Abbott, you know, very quick to tell us that we're all under threat, you know, to keep us scared and keep us not questioning. Mm-hmm. And nobody's asking, where did this terrorism come from? If you look at the 2003 invasion of Iraq, that was one of the most heinous war crimes you know, ever committed by Australia and the US. Uh, that, that really sowed the seeds, not to mention the decades of sanctions before that, where you know something like a million kids were, died because of malnutrition and lack of medical care in Iraq. Yeah. All these seeds of violence are being sown, and now we're reaping them. Mm-hmm. And now, now the, the, the bloody response, you know, and I mean bloody literally, is to fund the Al-Nusra Front, which is now Qaeda affiliate in Syria. Like, you're going to arm them because they're promising to um, take out the Syrian regime and ISIS before they come after the West. Like, it's, 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 it's beyond insanity. I don't even know what it is that, that we keep going down this route. And we and and what, all the while, people are just churning out the dollars and weapons and oil and resources and propaganda, you know? And, yeah. and we're just destroying our own future. And it really gets my goat. Oh, it, it gets my goat too. And we've had many of these conversations. And, and I guess the scary part about this is as we move into the sort of cataclysmic consequences of our addiction to fossil fuels, uh, the men and women of Australia that are fighting or in the Defence Force that, you know, may have signed up for very honourable reasons are really going to be turned over and over again onto domestic populations, uh, civilian populations, as we've seen the Navy being used against uh, Rohingya refugees, uh, asylum seekers. So, you know, it raises the whole question of the need for a debate in this country around what does our Defence Force actually do? And since when did we, as you said earlier, become an auxiliary, an extension of the Marine Corps of the United States of America? And why why are they using our country as a, as a training ground where they just, you know, bomb and smash and uh, don't seem to have much care at all for the fact that... Um, you know, they're, they're destroying precious ecosystems in the process. So, uh, look- it's, it's propaganda. And, um, and I'll just finish by saying, um, you know, there, there is no debate, and that's why these nonviolent direct actions are essential. So, I just ask all your listeners um, get onto peaceconvergence.org. I don't get paid to do this, um, I do this from what people donate money to. And I'm actually trying to stretch out some of the funds to pay for people's accommodation and people who are travelling. So if anyone can get on to fiscalconvergence.org, you don't need to give money, but just get on and learn the issues and learn to argue because there's a billion-dollar propaganda machine out there and it's up to everyone listening. Like, if you're listening to this, it means, you know, you're one of our last great hopes. So you need to get informed and you need to be able to um, talk to people about in your family, in your friendship circles. You need to build those relationships so we can counter this war-making narrative.
Thanks, Greg. We might have to leave it there, but uh, I wish you luck and we might check back in not next week but the week after and see how the peace convergence is going. Please stay safe and we will be following online. Uh, I do believe there's a Twitter handle at Peace Convergence uh, that's going into Without an E. Without an E. And, and what is the, ha- <laughs> is the hashtag PC15? Is that... Uh, I believe we're using TS15 and no more US wars. And people can also follow me, like uh, from tweeting up here, at Greg's role, G-R-E-G-S-R-O-L-E. Thanks, Greg. I'll be checking in on you, mate. Stay safe and keep up the great work. Thanks, Sam. Love your work. Talk to you soon. You too. Okay, that was Greg Rolls, who is already up in Rockhampton preparing to confront the Australian-US alliance as they rehearse their war-killing machine. Now, hopefully, I have Robin uh, Torbenfeld on the line, who's a member of Friends of the Earth in Brisbane. She's part of the Peace and Air and Clean Energy uh, Collective called PACE that comes out of Brisbane. And she's been working around the Talisman Sabre Games and the environmental consequences for quite a few years. Let's see if we can get her on the line. Hello, Robin. Are you there? I'm here. Hi. Thanks, Robin. I know that you're eager to get on the road and make your way up to where all those Marines are hanging out to give them a hard time. Uh, We just had a chat to Greg and and he's up there talking to the locals already. your focus uh, around the peace convergence is slightly different to Greg's. I'm just wondering if you could just quickly fill our listeners in on what your plans are and why you're heading up to the Talisman Sabre Games. Sure. Thanks for asking, Sam. Well, as you know, I'm with Friends of the Earth. Our collective is actually called PACE, which is also Latin for Pace, Peace. Um, and we are the Peace Anti-Nuclear and Clean Energy Collective. And we're uh, part of the coordinating network called the Peace Convergence. We see it very important to highlight um, the Australia's uh, past and links to the Pacific and other nations globally, the past of colonization, militarization, and nuclearization. And these are not uh, actually things of the past, but they're ongoing um, consequences of earlier colonization. We see that uh, so we, we really want to make the link between Australia and the Pacific, um, South Pacific and the North Pacific, uh, First Peoples, the issues around the world, and, of course, the um, global political impacts of practicing for nuclear war in our region, as well as the environmental impacts of using pristine environments such as Shoalwater Bay, which is part of the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park, includes Ramsar-listed wetlands, is homes to dugongs, the migration path of humpback whales, and um, as also important seagrass beds for uh, military activity, which we think is highly inappropriate. That's very true. I've got to say um, to the listeners, I I lived up uh, right near Shoalwater Bay for three years and actually was on a boat in Shoalwater Bay when a a mama humpback and her babe came in for the evening to uh, rest in Shoalwater Bay. Uh, so this is quite a scary concept to think that there are bombs being either purposely or accidentally uh, dropped across a marine park that has such amazing uh, wildlife. You know, this is this is crazy. And I remember, you know, we talked last time when uh, Faux Brisbane put out the report around the environmental damage 
and the media were and and politicians were trying to play that down and then of course uh the the US forces accidentally dropped four bombs on the barrier reef do we know if those bombs have ever been clear, cleaned up like did anyone oh, that's a good question i i believe there was an attempt to retrieve some of them uh, i can't be quoted um, on this, uh, my understanding was there was an attempt, and I believe two of them were, and other the other two are possibly left. They say they um, were unarmed, and they were jettisoned because they, uh, the American Air Force was having a difficulty um, accessing its uh, target, which was Townsend Island, which is an island off the coast, the Capricornia coast, which is um, regularly used for bombing practice. And so they were jettisoned in another part of the Great Barrier Reef. And it was very uh, fortunate for us, unfortunate for the reef, that that did happen really in synchronicity <laughs> when, um, right, when we had released this report. We were managed to get it tabled in the community cabinet because Kevin Rudd was in the region. We got some media about it and then it was as if we were telling the future, mm. and this, uh, this became apparent. But those four bombs are actually the tip of the iceberg of the environmental impacts of militarization, not only on the reef and on Queensland, but on the on the world. Uh, you know, the, the the reason we're fighting wars is uh, is for resources. We're the reason we have rev refugees is because we're damaging and destroying their environments and um, destroying their capacity to have livelihoods. Uh, where 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 they live, and so uh, we we really need to take a serious look at the environmental and the social impacts and what Talisman Saber, which is a biennial military exercise, um, represents to the rest of the world. These are not just jovial uh, war games that the United States and the Australians are um, practicing for humanitarian purposes. They are practicing with the you know one of the world's largest nuclear powered aircraft carriers for um, at least force posturing in the Pacific surrounding uh, encircling China and um, signaling their might to uh, Russia and um, facilitating other US military endeavors in this region such as um, Troop changeovers that are taking place or have taken place in WA. Mm. Um, they now commissioned um, troops positioned in Darwin, and of course, United States strategic um, spy base in the center of Australia at Pine Gap. We we really can't look at isolate these things and say there's no impact, and this is just a little bit of training. This is part of um, saber rattling in the Pacific, and and our friends and our not so close friends are taking notes. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about connecting the dots. This really is the coalescing of the perfect storm between, you know, the impacts of climate change and already struggling planet, you know, the end of the industrial age, trying to find its way out of this extractive colonial mentality, and then just the continued uh, use of violence to, to dominate and oppress anyone that, you know, doesn't sort of uh, fit into the puzzle correctly. Uh, and you made a really good point uh, when we were discussing this yesterday, which was, you know, peace is a precursor to sustainability. And I think that's just a wonderful way to describe why environmental groups should be uh, again coalescing with anti-war in the peace movement, which of course happened big time around the Vietnam War. And, and then we kind of have all gone off into our separate silos and areas of business. 
and what I see with Pace and what I see with the other uh, activists that are that are converging around uh, these kind of events is there is a real understanding that uh, we can't separate these issues out anymore. They are totally interconnected, and we need to be supporting each other's movements. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that you're heading up there. I'm sorry I couldn't make it this year. I originally planned to, and, and then things got pear shaped. Uh, as you well know, Friends of the Earth is under attack at the moment by the Abbott government. Uh, so I'm staying down here to help hold the fort with the people, uh, that are working on that stuff. Uh, Robin, we're nearly out of time. We're nearly out of time. We're nearly out of time, but I just wanted to uh, offer you um, one last chance to sort of put forward what you'd like our listeners to really take away from um, speaking with you today. Well, I certainly hope that people around Australia take note, um, look up the Talisman Sabre War Games and realize that they're called military exercises. Um, We will see 34,000 troops practicing land, sea and air joint maneuvers in northern Queensland, uh, in northern Australia, not just Queensland, but in the Northern Territory and the seas around our region. But they also use civilian facilities in Brisbane, in Townsville. They'll possibly go to the Port of Sydney. They may be using other regional centres. This is a national issue. It's not a friendly little activity. This has serious political consequences, environmental consequences, and social justice consequences for the people whose land um, uh, these war games take place in and the seas um, uh, who are used, as well as the animals. And so uh, we want everybody to certainly tell their politicians to stop these military exercises. And as a U.S. ally, as a key U.S. ally, Australia could be doing so much better. Instead of promoting nuclear industry, uh, spread of... um, promoting militarism in the region, the key ally position should be helping the United States and the world head down the path of peace. Well, I'm glad that you're on the case and I'm glad that you're heading up there. Please drive safely. I will check back in with you guys next time I'm on air, which is uh, probably when you're right in the thick of it. Um, I wish you well and safe travels and, hey, give them hell. Uh, Thanks for your support, everybody in Melbourne and around Australia. And remember to support community media because this is what we really need. 